What's going on, Marvel fans? Welcome in to our fifth episode breakdown of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, part of our Marvel Monday series on streamer season, which is part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me via the raft, Baron Dylan Mazzola. Yeah, um, it's not as cozy as the previous cell. Um, <laughs> a little more wet, but we'll do. I'll get through it. He'll make it through. It might be where you spend the rest of your days, but I kind of have a sneaking suspicion you'll find a way to get out of the raft. Uh, Harrison may or may not join us. Uh, he he kind of fell down and went boom, and somebody uh, hit Control-Alt-Delete on his vibranium collarbone. Uh, so he'll probably be back next week and he'll fill you guys in on everything, uh, on all the podcasts that he's on here at underground sports, but we're going to break down episode five of the Falcon and the winter soldier. It was an absolute doozy of an episode. There's a ton of speculation theories and everything that we'll dive into. But before we get started, of course, these episodes would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. The homies over at Tomahawk shades doing the damn thing. You guys know we're wearing the blue light plus glasses when we're binging all of our favorite shows and movies, especially those late nights with hashtag Marvel Twitter for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all these Marvel shows that have been coming out, plus all the movies coming out all across all these streaming platforms. we got to protect our eyes because, believe it or not, you only get one pair, uh, and I think Thor might know that best because he lost an eye, so you got he's got to take care of that other one, Dylan. Uh, <laughs> so head over to our friends at Tomahawk Shades where they got the blue light plus glasses, the sunglasses, they got watches, and check out their small batch collective. Ton of awesome products in there for their limited edition runs. Right now they have a $20 box. You don't know what's in it. It's kind of a grab bag box, but there's sunglasses in them. There's It's a number of things. You don't know. It's a pretty cool thing. So go head over to TomahawkShades.com right now, and when you go to checkout, use our code USP at checkout to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order from our homies at Tomahawk Shades. Shout out to them for providing everybody with a quality product for an affordable price. And Streamer Season is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels or infinity stones and is now available, Dylan, in the U.S., in Canada, the UK, Australia, Damn. New Zealand, and potentially the raft. So you could probably order your, your Manscaped products right to the raft. That's great. I'm going to need it. I'll be there for a while. We have an exclusive offer for you guys, our audience. Use our code USP to get 20% off in free international shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped just like Dylan and I. And uh, did you guys know that one one guy every hour, every day, is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all the men listening out there to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, have partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men age 15 to 35, which is a big part of our listening demographic, and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. 
while you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? And Dylan, I think we can all agree, it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. That's, yeah, yep, I was, just, I was <laughs> wasn't expecting that one, folks. That's that took me through a curveball. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month, and guys, if you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients, and some of these liquid tools include the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing deodorant for your balls, the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. And we cannot confirm or deny, but they might be made out of vibranium because they're that comfortable. They are very comfortable. <laughs> they're the best. Uh, that might be what's in Sam's box. That might be what Bucky delivered to him. It's just a, a yeah, bunch of pairs some, of the Manscaped boxers. Just a bunch of merch. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Dylan, let's get into this thing. This episode titled Truth, and there is a lot of truth uncovered in this episode to say the least, uh, we start off with John Walker running away from his problems like he tends to do uh, and having, you know, just publicly executed Nico in the, in front of hundreds of people. Uh, he runs away into an abandoned facility. It kind of looked like the same spot that the Flag Smashers were loading up their vaccines that we never yeah, got answers look, on. it did look pretty similar. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the abandoned train track train station looked pretty neat, though. It did. It was a cool backdrop, and it was cool seeing... You know, like, uh, clearly, however you feel about John, he obviously was struggling with what, you know the, the events. He just lost his best friend, and he killed a man in broad public, and probably realizes at this point, even though he's going kind of crazy that he ruined the image perceived that Captain America had. So you, you can see why Russell's doing the whole, like talking to himself, kind of twitching thing. Wet, like great again. It's great acting. And then, uh, you know, our, our, the actual heroes come by. <laughs> yeah. Sam and Bucky somehow, my guess is they still had like a satellite on John Walker from when no, they, I think they, I think they just saw him because they, were close by when he executed Nico, right? Weren't they like? Yeah, they were like in the they, crowd. They were within high distance. But I remember like when they, because remember when they were talking with Carly in last week's episode, Sharon had like beamed them a satellite and Sam oh, was yeah, like, it's yeah. Walker. So I think they still had like that satellite tracking on him to be able to like keep up and True. know where he was, was running to. They watched him just dip. <laughs> um, so Walker's kind of like losing his mind a little bit. Everything's replaying in his head. And he's like, time to go to work. And like, you kind of hear like the grunginess in John Walker's voice now uh, as he speaks. And it's kind of like getting like scratchier and deeper. And it's kind of going full villain mode. And like you said, Bucky and Sam show up. They talk to him uh, and they try, they tell Walker, you got to give up the shield. And Walker uh, starts to retaliate and fighting them and gives us ultimate Civil War flashbacks, which I think this entire episode 
gave us flashbacks to like three different Marvel movies in terms yes. of just the action that went down, and I loved every second of it. Well, the the even the shading, like like you said, the abandoned uh, you know train track slash like you know like storage, it kind of looked like it was gray and gloomy. And it looked like that movie as well. So it was all it's a flashback, like visually, like just the background mm-hmm. as well. And I must say, man characters in this show whether it was either lamar being the world's worst hype man <laughs> or it was sam saying give me the shield because they were like two seconds away from john like low-key being like you know what i think you're right but he was like god gave me a shield and john was like i see what you're doing here and it's just like no and carly did the same thing <laughs> last week with sam when john burst through i was like oh this is yeah. what you're doing you're just setting me up to you know get taken down by him yeah um but the fight was super Civil War vibes when Bucky and and Cap were fighting Tony Stark as Iron Man and trying to you know take back. Oh, dude, it was awesome. I actually went and watched that scene it's after so this good. episode. So, um, I will say though, Bucky was getting tossed around a little bit more than I thought he would. Uh, John definitely, you can tell that John his experience as a career soldier has benefited now, him. Super soldier. Yeah, yeah, career soldier now. Super soldier. He uh, he obviously can hold his own. Well, we saw him hold his own in the fight. Yeah. Until uh until a little snippy snippy snappy snap. <laughs> Were you surprised that Bucky's arm kind of glitched out too when he got thrown up against that pole? I yeah, never knew um, that his arm uh, We're finding out a lot more about what this vibranium arm is like able think, to do and how it can be kind of like messed with. Yeah, you would think a super soldier, like a man with super serum, um plus a robotic enhanced arm would be able to hold his own against another super soldier. Uh, and plus with the, with the aid of his friend and he's been getting thrown around a lot. I'm not sure if they're just doing that because I don't want to make him too OP or if they're trying to like low key sound, you know what I mean? Like show us something. And he's. I think it's the latter because as we went further on in the episode, Bucky talked about how he doesn't tend to like think about using the vibranium arm as much because he's right handed. Ah, so maybe maybe now that he has his own brain back, kind of like he's kind of just like he's fighting like he would when he was a skinny little uh, man in World War Two. Yeah, so it's like he's not thinking, oh, I need to go full on like killing machine. I'm just gonna fight the way I know how to fight. That's a good point because for a while, you know, he's in he's in World War Two with Steve. He gets captured. He gets experimented on. Gets freed. Korean War is a super soldier winter. Then gets recaptured. Yeah, and he's a super soldier brainless for like literally his whole life until like the late two thousands. And again, he has to go through extensive therapy. So yeah, it's a good point. He really, it's a great point actually. So they uh, (laughs) they go full on fight in this, and then there's also the you know you have that fight, and then you also have the big civil war fight callback where. Falcon kind of launches his uh, like projectile, and it's kind of like a string. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like when Peter Parker web slings and tries to pull yeah. the shield away from Cap. Um, and then they go full on trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos and trying to get the shield off of John Walker. And Falcon uses uh, his jetpack on his wings to pull back, breaks Walker's arm, which. I saw a lot of people tweeting about this too. It's similar to the uh, the Endgame fight when Cap breaks his arm in that fight, but tightens the shield onto him as a yeah. tourniquet, and that's kind of like, oh, like I'm I'm one with the shield, and Walker's doing whatever he can to like hold on to the shield, and it ends up breaking him. 
that's some very good storytelling. Um, it was great. Uh, it's important to note that Falcon also got his wings broken off, and John yeah. tried to s- strangle him. Um, but yeah, the fight ended with uh, some broken wings and a broken arm. <laughs> and John Walker getting hit like a baseball. <laughs> Yo, he got he got whacked. <laughs> he got knocked. Uh, and then Bucky gets the shield, kind of gets that nice little orange glow on him from the window and then he drops the shield in front of Sam walks off and uh when Sam's rubbing that blood I was like buddy why are you putting the DNA on your hands <laughs> I think he was just cleaning it it was more like a message in my mind of like how much the shield means to him mm-hmm. and seeing it like that but now he's seeing more sides of it like now he knows Elijah Bradley like knows he's a you know he didn't know who that was now Sam's looking he's he's looking more at it from the sidelines than from his own mind as well. Yeah, so then we see the uh, the Flag Smashers. Uh, you know, one of the camps in Riga gets raided. They arrest a bunch of their sympathizers, and uh, Carly's kind of, like, going on edge a bit, and then... Yeah, but, like, I, I, I get it, but what, she's acting like, what do you think's going to happen if you, like do all the like blow up keep blowing up buildings and threaten to like kidnap children like you think they're gonna like let your little refugee camps like coexist no she's uh she's definitely taken a a bit of a turn from the initial like i'd say like three episodes i hate to say zemo's right but if she keeps turning he might be right with her totally i don't know i don't know how much longer she'll have because eventually people like that in shows, like there's a point where they cross, which she may have already crossed where there is no coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, we also get Sam reuniting with Joaquin Torres. Uh, I can't wait for that storyline because they keep hinting at it so much. Sam gets informed that government officials are taking over and investigating, uh, Walker's actions. Carly also reveals that, uh, or they kind of find out that Carly's been laying low after Nico's murder uh, with Sam and Torres believing she'll be, you know, rebuilding her forces and cover uh, during this, you know, kind of period in between. And then as yeah. Sam leaves the camp with the shield in his hand, uh, Torres is like, you forgot your, w- you forgot the wings. And Sam's just like, keep them. And then boom, we're getting Torres as Falcon. We think. <laughs> Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. Which is awesome because um, I've, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but wouldn't he be one of the first Hispanic superheroes in Marvel? I think he would be the first, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. That's awesome. 
um, which is super dope. And I don't know where he's going to kind of fall in line in terms of like the, the new branch offs that have kind of been forming in, you know, WandaVision and now Falcon Winter Soldier, because he is going to be a bit older, I think, than Tommy and Billy and Elijah Bradley. So I don't know well, if maybe he would he's fall like, into kind of like the the teacher for them because he has like a military background and he's older, so he can help them like through like you know what I mean like questions and stuff. Yeah, I just I don't know if he's gonna fall into the Young Avengers or if he ends up becoming like part of say maybe like the West Coast Avengers. Um, there's a there's a number of different avenues i think they can go with torres because i i do i think you'd agree he is a little bit older than oh, the no, rest yeah, of no. the the young avengers you. that we know are getting for he's also played by danny ramirez is the actor thank you i definitely agree with you um this is older but you know young people need someone to lead them and an older person wouldn't be a terrible example although he is young so i mean there's still an opportunity that he could join the young avengers as yeah, the yeah. falcon and I, and I agree with that. And then, and I don't necessarily mean leaders that be automatically be their leader. Yeah, because I, I think you and I both like a, are on the train that White Vision is going to be like yes, the Nick Fury probably, of the Young Avengers. Probably their leader. But the Falcon actor and the, the new Falcon can be one of the leaders. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like at the forefront. Steve, kind of like their Steve Rogers if they don't get yeah. any kind of Captain America. Just, yeah, so something like that. Definitely. Um, but when they kind of like revealed that it was like yes they're going the route that i think everybody's been waiting for we're definitely all waiting for it the show and the shows both both shows are they're expanding the mcu because i think they realize that some of the actors who are playing our beloved heroes don't have much longer left just due to real life factors Mm -hmm. because you can't be 60 years old and swinging around in tights as much as we love that and there's (laughs) so many other storylines in the mcu too that have not gotten any spotlight and i think that's what these tv shows are doing so well even with the the characters that have been through like the infinity saga they didn't get as much spotlight as you know the people at the forefront i totally agree i mean there's still quite a few heroes that hardly get uh the limelight yet and maybe they will down the down the line and it's definitely exciting uh, so then we cut to Washington, D.C., and John Walker's kind of on, like, a mini-trial with all the branches of the military. and It's literally uh, a few good men. Yeah. You know, John Walker can't handle the truth, and uh, <laughs> he gets stripped of his title of Captain America. He won't have any benefits when he retires. Um, and then he kind of flips the script on the, the military members in charge and says, you know, you built me. I did everything. I went by your orders. You, you know, followed everything that you wanted me to do, and I did it well. And you kind of see where John Walker's coming from in a sense of like why he wants to be Captain America so badly. It's because they built him up to be like this mm-hmm. this guy that was supposed to be like the face of the country, and now they're taking that all away from him, and he has no idea what to do. Um, and he kind of walks out on them and they tell him to return the shield, uh, as promptly as possible as well. It kind of makes, in my opinion, 
I, I'm not excusing what he's done so far, but it kind of makes it kind of humanizes his character mm-hmm. and it shows you that he is, uh, you know, like, like I said earlier, a career soldier. He said yes his entire life. He served the country, did whatever. Um, and he wasn't asking for anything, but like Kyle said, he was given probably the greatest honor if you were a soldier in the MCU to become Captain America. And he's got super serum, which is probably, you know, they want that. Um, and he basically gets shit on <laughs> and slapped in the face. Granted, it is <laughs> largely his fault, but still he feels very shortcoming. So I understand that. And it's kind of anti-military, which is interesting from a Marvel Disney standpoint, because I feel like Marvel does well on tiptoeing on certain things and not other things because, you know, they're smart and they want to do business. And I'm not saying they're taking a stab against the military, but definitely it was anti-military because basically John Walker was telling the U S military F you. And it was kind of, I think a breakup in sorts of him going to go be his own anti-hero. Yeah. Um, and then, John Walker sits on a bench outside the the courtroom with his wife. I keep forgetting he has a wife in the, yeah. in the show. And then I'm like, uh, who's this lady falling around? <laughs> and he's like, my wife. And, like, oh, shit. and then we get the big reveal that Malcolm Spellman was kind of teasing. And it's a big deep cut. And I think a lot of people, myself included, before I did some research, thought that this person we're about to kind of go in depth about because it kind of needs to be. I initially was like, she's the power broker. It made a lot of sense, but come to find out when you do a little bit of searching, we get Julia Louis-Dreyfus introduced into the MCU as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And she killed it. She slayed the role. She was perfect. What a casting job, also known as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Um, So, let's dive into her character, Dylan. Um, But before we do, I think... You know, she's the type that that's a bit classy, likes to likes to do things the way that not a lot of people like to do them. Just like our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, because they're the fastest growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania and they do things the right way. They don't distill their vodka three times, not four times, five times, six times, seven times distilled, Dylan, certified gluten free. It's blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market with a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. They've also won awards for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. And when you go to purchase your vodka, put those one liter bottles into your cart so you can use our promo code USP and get 10% off those one liter bottles. Also, if you go to statesidevodka.com, Check out their Instagram. Just search Stateside Vodka, click the link, and join the Winners Club. Because, Dylan, I think we all like winning things, right? I love winning things. Stateside's giving away a case of vodka every month. If you just wow. click the link, sign up for the Winners Club, you could be picked to win a case of Stateside Vodka each and every month. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. That's promo code USP at statesidevodka.com for 10% off the one-liter bottles of vodka. So, Val, as she says to call her, but not call her, just think about it in her head. Um, she's got quite the history in the comics in Marvel. She's a long history in the comics. She yes. is an Italian noblewoman who joined S.H.I.E.L.D. 
and she even ascended temporarily to the rank of deputy director. She became Nick Fury's lover. Um, so there's a lot of history between her and Nick Fury. She yeah. even infiltrated Hydra at one point, assumed the identity of Madam Hydra, which everybody is jumping on that train just from one little scene that we saw later in the episode as well uh, that kind of mirrored some Hydra-esque things. I don't think we're exactly getting the Madam Hydra and Hydra coming back, but we'll get into yeah. our thoughts on her as well. And she, But she was being a triple agent when she infiltrated Hydra, uh, having worked for Leviathan, which we'll also get into because I think that's going to be important moving forward, um, as a sleeper agent before being recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus was allegedly set to be introduced as... Val in Black Widow before her appearance in Falcon Winter Soldier, but that was changed due to delays because of the pandemic. So we should have already seen Val. Yeah. But they switched some things up. I like that this is how she's being introduced. Um, and also Leviathan is... It's a Soviet deep science and espionage agency, which makes a ton of sense for Black Widow. If you've watched the trailers for Black Widow... Um, yeah. It was, you know, they were, after World War II, Leviathan came in conflict with the Strategic Scientific Reserve by stealing weapons developed by Howard Stark. Yeah, that's, she's, um, she's a busy lady. Um, and I think did a great job with the actress. Because, um, man, dude, that was, that was one of the coolest introductory scenes in a show that I've watched in a while. Because it was, it was over the top, but I mean that in So the basic at the same time. Yeah, I mean in the best way possible because her character, as credit to Dreyfus, eluded confidence and sass, and it was it, it, the whole vibe was like you know I could like literally end your life because I'm this powerful, but I'm not. But I'm also like down to earth and a little funny. But I'm also like you know here, here's my card and it's, it's blank. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a lot of people were also thinking that like they're introducing her as Val in the MCU this way because there was another female character that I'm blanking on her name that was introduced in one of the Netflix shows. Um, I'll have to look it up, but kind of in a sense, that's why she had like the hair streaks and everything. And mm -hmm. she, the character that was introduced in the Netflix shows is at the forefront of the Thunderbolts initiative, which has been my theory this whole time. And I still think this is like, let's go to it. Like, I think Val is definitely part of assembling the Thunderbolts. She gives a, yeah. a blank business card to she Walker's could... wife that's just black and white, uh, which I thought was pretty cool because it's like everything with superheroes and everything is not just black and white. There's gray area. Um, she said. And she knows everything that happened to Walker, knows that he took the serum, uh, knows that the shield is not government property which is very interesting um and she leaves behind that mysterious contact and come to find out we see that walker's the one that contacted her but he looked super lost when she arrived yes um super lost and i think it's, it's just an interesting scene in general because like John's face is priceless the entire time. His wife's face is also even more priceless. She's like, "Who the hell is this lady?" Yeah. <laughs> talking to my talking to my man and his moment of like, he's like, he's down. 
Um, she says like the best decision will be calling me after like, and then uh, second to marrying this firecracker. I think she says about his wife, something along those lines. Yeah. Right? I, th- I think it's firecracker. Second to marrying this firecracker, and I um, was like, okay, you know a lot about this guy. Yeah, but I also just think that um, basically, she's gonna be um for anybody who watches DC and Kyle will get this. She's going to be like the Amanda Waller to the Suicide Squad. She'll to that to the Thunderbolts to go tie with Kyle's theory. You know what I mean? Yes. I think she might be like the Wrangler for them or one of the like, one of the Wranglers or one of the, you know what I mean? One of the people in charge of starting it. And Val's character in the comics is also part of like this like female syndicate and she teams up with Sharon Carter in that in the comics. Um, she's also known as Agent 14. And we know if Sharon Carter's agent 13. So there could be some play with those two as well. Don't know if it'll come to be. I Um, think they're working together. But there is, there's something afoot with her. And, uh, oh, so the person I was thinking of, Victoria Hand. Oh, okay. Is who a lot of people are thinking, like, since she was already cast in the Netflix shows, they're going to just make Val, like, her, but in the MCU. Yeah. Which makes I'm a lot okay of sense that. because if Val's in charge of the Thunderbolts, recruiting John Walker is, you know, test subject 1A. We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Makes a ton Probably of sense. Probably one of the best people to recruit. I mean, literally, he's just Captain America, but a couple shades crazier. <laughs> yeah, and this leads a lot of people to speculate about the Thunderbolts, which we've been on that train since the beginning. Welcome aboard, folks. Yes, um, is, is the conductor of this train. I saw something on the Twitter machine from at Eternals Talk, and they tweeted, could we see... Dark Avengers versus Thunderbolts, and it's Val kind of heading the Dark Avengers, Thaddeus Ross heading the Thunderbolts, and then kind of merging those two where, like, the Dark Avengers are referred to as the Thunderbolts, and Val and Thaddeus Ross being, like, the two in charge of them, which would be absolutely amazing because we know... It makes sense. Zemo is in this series. We will get to where he ends up in just a little bit as well at one point. The Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, joins the Thunderbolts. Could go that route. Um, Luke Cage, this could be their way of Marvel introducing him him into into the actual MCU. Um, We could have Red Hulk finally arrive with Thaddeus Ross, which would be amazing. We've been waiting since 2008 for that. Um, There's a lot of things that they can do with the Thunderbolts, and... They're essentially like Marvel, not in a sense of like Deadpool being an anti-hero, but they're like the the villain supergroup. Like Dylan said, they're kind of like the Suicide Squad of Marvel. Yeah, because for a while, 
the Suicide Squad, they do some good in DC, and the same thing with the two groups that Kyle named. They they don't they're not don't let the names fool you. They're not all bad. I mean, they do some bad things, but they also do a lot of good things. I mean, a lot of I think John Walker eventually um, actually joins the Avengers, like the actual Avengers yeah. later in his later in his life for like a short so, time period. Yeah. So my point is. He can't be all that bad if I let him in. But then again, maybe they were short on recruits. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, point is, I think it's exciting because Kyle's definitely on the money with this because the show keeps hinting. Characters keep saying, the world's changing. It's not the same. People are going to have to get their hands dirty. People have to kill now. Air quote, insert two groups of superheroes or beings that are in the middle of being bad and good some a little more on the bad some a little more on the good side but guess what those people they don't mind pulling the trigger and killing people or executing people because they're a little unstable and there's uh, a couple other villains from past mcu movies that are kind of just floating out there in limbo that are also in the comics part of the thunderbolts most notably ghost from ant-man member of the thunderbolts at one point um you know there's the rumors of Willem Dafoe coming back as Green Goblin in the next Spider-Man movie. I'll cry. It's just rumors. It's not confirmed. Don't come for me. Right, but well, he is I'm, also I'm part of the Thunderbolts. Right now, Kyle, if it happens, if oh, I I'll see cry William too. Dafoe, William Dafoe is literally that guy. He is one of the best actors He's ever. That guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like literally. I, I say this. And I like Marvel more, but like he's so talented that he probably could have been the Joker, and I would have still loved him. Like he's ah man, I'll stop my William Dafoe tangent, but man, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. I also brought this up to Dylan before we started recording. It is wild that like it seems that every big Marvel like MCU villain has the color purple associated with them. You look at Thanos, obviously his skin is purple. Uh, Zemo's got his purple mask. We've got Agatha Harkness with her purple magic. And now Val coming in had the purple highlight streaks in her hair. Very subtle, but it was there. That's true. It seems like all the important villains in the MCU are associated with the color purple. So is Barney a villain? He is a dinosaur from your imagination, so you can think him up to be anything you want him to be. He's, damn, our childhood. He got us. That's also why I'm thinking, like, Thaddeus Ross does become, uh, you know, Red Hulk and is just part of the Thunderbolts while Val oversees them. And she's kind of, like, the leader. She alluded, she, her character in the brief moment we got her alluded like i'm 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 a boss bitch i'm in charge yeah and i love it so that's you know what i mean so i agree <laughs> uh but i'm super excited to see where they take her character i would be surprised if they removed her from black widow i don't I, no one knows what they're doing with that i personally feel that they've changed it just because of how long it's taken to get out they probably revise things because black widow her not the black widow that we know from the mcu but her sister that we will see in the black widow movie joins the thunderbolts and she becomes the new black widow correct yeah yeah so there's Um, there's different avenues that we can go and spoiler alert we'll be reviewing black widow when it comes out because it's been delayed way too long it's coming to disney plus which falls under our little umbrella of streaming platforms 
sure, it's on the Premier Access, but we're going to be reviewing that bad boy because, Dylan, I know you feel the same way. We've waited way too long to be able to see this movie. Oh, dude, it's taken forever. It's almost to the point where it's like, if it took any longer, I wouldn't care anymore. Like, yeah. it's, just been so, it's been so long. It's not knocked to any of the actors or just the way, you know, it's Stupid taken pandemic. so long. <laughs> yeah, get your shots, people. Um, so, yeah, going back to... Uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier, while wandering around uh, the abandoned GRC camp, Carly, furious about the deaths of her fellow Flag Smashers, and uh, Donya Madani rallies her remaining teammates and plans to ramp up their mobilization. And then we head to the, finally, the scene in the trailer where Zemo is in Sokovia at the memorial, and then we see Bucky confront him uh, with a gun ready to fire, and Zemo, you know, says his belief is that Carly cannot be redeemed from her radicalization. And because of her, you know, stretches of influence across the globe, the only reasonable solution is to kill her. Bucky decides to disregard his advice. He aims the gun at Zemo only for him to reveal that it's unloaded. Kind of does the the quick little, you know, click. And it reminded me of Thanos when he tried to snap and it was like, didn't, didn't work. Um, and then we see the bullets fall from Bucky's hand, and I thought that scene was just shot perfectly. I don't know if you caught it, but he smiled when he pulled the trigger. Yeah, because he knew he knew it wasn't loaded, so I think he got a kick out of it. Like, haha, got you, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I I thought just the the cinematography of this scene, even though we've seen it in the trailers, just watching it from the episode was just so was awesome. awesome. It was awesome, and it was awesome hearing Zemo say, "I took the liberty of crossing my name out on your book." Yeah. And the Dora Milaje arrive. Uh, they take Zemo to imprison him at the raft, which is the first reference we get of the raft in a long time, uh, which is where Team Cap was imprisoned for a short time at the end of Civil War. Uh, and the Dora Milaje say this is where he'll, you know, spend the rest of his days. Uh, he bids his well wishes to Bucky before leaving. Ao advises Bucky to distance himself from Wakanda for the time being due to his role in Zemo's escape. But Ao also calls him the White Wolf this time. Hypothetical escape? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was... It seems like he's back on good terms with the Dora Milaje now since Ao referred to him as White Wolf. I agree, and he delivered and brought the man back to imprisonment. So, I think... They'll be fine. Um, Did you also notice the ship that they were flying in? Yes. Which, it looked parked kind of strangely, but I, I liked it. It was the ship that flies over Oakland at the end of Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Which I, is awesome. I, I, it's great callback. Um, and just the way, the way it was parked, it looked like they crashed it. <laughs> yeah. And Bucky also pauses them and says, hey, I might have another favor to ask of you. Okay, so without going into it too much, Grant, did they? Did you think he went back with them, or do you think they had that on the ship? Because there's no way they had what he asked for on the ship. That'd be like random as hell. Um, good question. I didn't even think of that to be honest. I was that was bothering me the whole like the after I was done the episode. I was like, wait a minute. Does <laughs> um, <laughs> he like cash a favor in like before, or like do they just have stuff the ability to make stuff on the ship? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question because like I'm gonna guess he. I'm gonna guess he probably went back. Or ask them to make it, and then they dropped it off. Yeah, because I mean they were in Sokovia. Yeah. So it's not like they were like remotely close to Wakanda. 
two or different where, continents. Or where, or where Sam is. Right. And it's like, how did Bucky end up getting to Scovia? <laughs> oh, Bucky's just popping around. He's just teleporting places. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to guess that he either went with them and just stayed on the ship, or yeah, they had... She was like, stay stay here. <laughs> or they had Vibranium chilling on the ship and maybe Shuri was there. I don't know. That's that's a good point. Good little plot yeah. hole. Um, so then Sam returns to Baltimore to visit with Isaiah Bradley. Uh, oh, sees Elijah playing scene, bla- uh, basketball at first. And, uh, you know, don't worry, young one. You'll, you'll be a young Avenger soon enough. Um, and Sam wants to know more about his past. And Isaiah Bradley informs Sam that, along with him, a number of additional black soldiers were taken in to be unknowingly injected with different versions of the super soldier serum, despite the serum being unstable within a vast majority of the recipients. They were all sent out on missions, and while some began dying off, some became prisoners of war, and after overhearing an officer's desire to destroy the POW camp to eradicate the quote-unquote evidence uh, Isaiah Bradley infiltrated the camp alone and liberated his comrades. And due to being the eventual sole survivor of the serum, Isaiah Bradley himself was captured and experimented on for the next 30 years in prison. And during this time, letters written to Bradley from his wife before her death were not allowed to reach him. Dude, it was very sad hearing all that. Um, very depressing. And you learn that the only reason he's out is because someone helped him fake his death. Which I'm curious if they'll ever name drop who that nurse is. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on it too when he was talking about some of the World War II soldiers. He was talking about the Tuskegee Airmen, which I thought was a yep. pretty cool callback, um, just in terms of you know what Isaiah's been through as a soldier and what the Tuskegee Airmen went through. Um, he talked about how they kind of said that the serum was for tetanus, which was a, a big thing back in the day that they injected black soldiers with and even though it wasn't they gave a ton of them placebos and they ended up dying um so a a big like pseudo history lesson taught through the mcu and it was only until like you said only until a nurse helped falsely declare declare isaiah bradley dead uh that he was able to escape and a distraught sam wilson insists on sharing his story with the world however isaiah is adamant on keeping his name buried in history fearing that people who erased him from society would come for him if news of his survival broke. He tells Sam that America would not allow a black man to be Captain America, nor would a conscious black man want to be. Sam uh, glances at the shield before eventually leaving the house with it, calling his sister Sarah to inform her that he would be coming home. And this was arguably one of the most powerful scenes in all of Marvel history. It was very powerful because you you briefly touched on it. So what Mr. Bradley touched on is true. A lot of brave African-American men were either drafted or volunteered to go fight in both world wars and thought they'd return home with respect, but they did not, which is fucked up. Yeah, which we saw in the first Cap movie. You know, Steve freed a ton of prisoners of war that were in POW camps and was treated like a hero. And then Isaiah Bradley does the same thing, and he gets imprisoned and experimented on for doing the exact Another same thing. Parallel, man, and it's like it's kind. Of, I I get it because Sam is born in a different. He's more modern, so I mean, and he, but and he's from the South, so he probably had to deal with stuff. 
and grew like maybe which he brought up too when isaiah said you know they're burning crosses on people's yards and he's like i grew up in the south I, i know all about that i just think sam has a more militaristic patriotic mindset which is why he can't see through well he eventually does see through the like the eyes of his own people but like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's not ignoring it but he's kind of putting on like kind of putting on like those um those the, those like drunk goggles we had to wear <laughs> for the yeah. for the thing so like you know he's seeing it but he's not seeing it until he has the opening conversation with Bradley, Mr. Bradley, and he realizes, like, oh shit, like, our government, our military is not what's cracked up to seem. And that's why he's, Bradley says he, he, he doesn't want to salute that flag. He doesn't want to shield. It's, you know, to him, it's representation of everything that screwed him over. Whereas Sam values the shield because he values his friendship with Steve Rogers and he values his military service. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, the symbolization. So, it's 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 very it's a very interesting dynamic and you're right it's one of the best scenes in marvel and it's just it's it's very it's very real it's it's i think it's two ways that people who experience all the hardships probably view yeah i mean this whole show is based on legacy and what you want your legacy to be and Isaiah Bradley knows like the legacy of that shield is like he said like blue eyes blonde hair stars and stripes like it's not him and that's kind of like how the U.S. government forced his legacy to be to where he's living off the grid essentially as a quote-unquote dead man but he doesn't want to let people know he's alive because then who knows what happens uh, if the government gets a hold of him after you know 30 years of what they did to him while he was in prison for doing the right thing yeah i dude i love sam but he's a little he's, he's a little slow to the point this show man characters <laughs> are like laying things out for him he's like but but why <laughs> i think sam i don't even know if it's that he's slow to the point i think it's a lot of eye-opening for his character yeah it's true it's true i mean i mean i'm, I'm mostly being facetious like yeah i, I, understand. I think it's like he's he's like a lot of things are finally coming to the forefront for him that have kind of just been not really there. Well, like I because... said, he, put on, he, he had the military mindset on. His yeah. patriotic, like, sir, you know, because he was in the military before before he became an Avenger. Exactly. Um, um, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's eye-opening. Um, and it's it's sad because it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice that Marvel is not shying away from it. And it's showing different people's views. Yeah, so Sam uh, heads back to Louisiana, learns from his nephews that his sister Sarah could not sell the family boat as it was a total loss. Uh, He gets the idea to call the the Delacroix community to come together to fix the boat as they were indebted to the Wilson family from years past. Bucky arrives with a case uh, that Ao delivered to him as a favor. I thought it was money at first. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, and stays to help with the fix-up. And during this, the two brief each other uh, about Carly while Torres would be drafting up a plan uh, to defeat her. Bucky mentions Zemo's beliefs about her. Sam also convinces Bucky to stay in Louisiana despite the latter scheduled flight out uh, the following day. And then elsewhere, you got John Walker with Lamar's family hoping to bring them solace, quote-unquote, knowing that he had to bring 
Lamar's killer to justice, which we all know it was not his killer. Uh, and while walking out on the street, he encounters his promotional poster on a wall. And then we flick to Madripoor, where Sharon Carter contacts uh, Sus. Batrock the Leaper, hoping to offer him a job. And I saw somebody translated uh, essentially what Batrock said on the phone when he was screaming at Sharon. He was yelling. <laughs> and he, I think what he says, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but it's like, the, the first mission almost cost me my life. I'll never work for you again. So that also kind of shed some light that Sharon paid Batrock the Leaper for the first mission in episode one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Sharon... Sharon might be bad. People, Sharon's a little sus. She might not be... Some people think she's a triple-double agent. She might just be bad. <laughs> she might be. I think she's working for the power broker, but... She, there's there's some analogy with the the painting that was on the wall where she was at where it's like you know somebody takes over the ship because they view the the captain is not a worthy leader and maybe that's what Sharon's going to do is like you know she's doing all this for the power broker but thinks that he does a bad job of being like and in charge of things and the title for herself wants to kind of overthrow it and get things back to normal I'm not faulting her. She got she was dealt with bad hands in life. She's making the most of her situation. She's living like a queen over there. Yeah. So very interesting that Sharon is paying double to Batrock to go out and help the flag smashers with what eventually we see Batrock delivers to Carly. Um and it is so strange. Like we still don't know like what she's up to and we only have one more episode left. And we might see it but we might not see the full extent. We might get left with a, cl- a cliffhanger, which I feel like they're going to do to us. Which will be so much pain, because this is a miniseries, so there I don't believe there's a confirmed season two, unlike Loki, where there already is a season two. Uh, but I, I'm that's just, so That's intrigued. just because Tom Hiddleston enjoys playing Loki so Very much. Very true. He was like, <laughs> I will do it for the people. Um, so before Sam and Bucky uh, could complete their boat repair, Sarah reveals... Uh, relieves them of their work and as Sam begins to practice throwing the shield between trees Bucky apologizes to him regarding his previous frustrations about the decision to retire the shield noting that its symbolism was the closest thing he has left to a family and then uh, you know they kind of give each other the therapy that they both need that they weren't getting from you know previous therapy methods the world's worst therapist because she did not break through to either of them yeah but i get it um you also didn't mention um that uh they got definitely closer like they're becoming friends obviously the series um bucky was trying to get a little too close to (laughs) sam's Sam's sister sister. but it's okay uh bucky you know smash some stand he'll have carlos chop him up and throw him to the fishes that was Um, hilarious (laughs) So then Sam urges Bucky to stop apologizing to people that he had affected as the Winter Soldier and start being meaningful or start building meaningful uh, closures with them one by one. And, uh, you know, essentially was like, are you still having those nightmares? And when Bucky was asked that question by the original therapist, he said no. And then he tells Sam every single night and essentially says, you know, you got to you got to start making amends, not you got to amend, not avenge, which I thought was a pretty cool play on words. Um, and we all know where that's going to lead Bucky to next week. I'm sure is to go apologize to his dear old friend about killing his son. 
Yeah, that's going to be – I'm not sure if I'm ready for that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then before uh, before Bucky ends up leaving, he tells him to – he tells Sam to give him a call once he has a lead on Carly. And motivated by Isaiah Bradley, Sam insists uh, to Sarah that they can't afford to lose their boat, their totem of African-American history. And with the belief that, you know, Isaiah Bradley's pain and sacrifice would be for naught if no one continued to fight – he continues to train with the shield that once belonged to his friend, improving his accuracy to near perfection, and he kind of gets his own Rocky montage. Dude, it was a great montage. My man's doing flips. He's doing cartwheels. He's doing and the theme, all kinds of flips. The theme music for this show is just such a banger. It is. Um, I, I, I thought we were going to see Sam get trucked by the shield. They could throw it and just <laughs> clock him in the head. Uh, granted, we didn't. And it's also, it's cool because Sam's doing all this without serum. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, he's just training. Like he's, he's just a guy, you know, he's just a, a strong independent man. And it's, 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 it's going to be, cool. I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't think in the comics he ever gets serum. Yeah. I don't think so. So it's going to be interesting because he's not going to be your atypical. He's not going to be John or Steve. He, he Sam, can't take as big of a punch as they can because he doesn't have go-go juice in his veins. Well, he might be able to, depending on what's in that box. That's true. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if you picked up on him saying when he pointed at his nephews and said all day. It kind of gave me a throwback to, to Steve I saying, can I can day. do this all day. Um, and then they, they call him Uncle Sam, obviously, and that's kind of just to pay, you know, respect and homage that like he's ready to take on this mantle and everything like that we need paul rudd to be in episode six watching tv see sam on tv and go huh that's on america's ass (laughs) 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 and then uh meanwhile carly reveals to the rest of her flag smasher squad that she has hired batrock the leaper he gets his chance to enact payback on sam while the Flag Smashers gain the arm strength of his forces, uh, I was very blown away that like this was the job for for Batrock to go and help the Flag Smashers and ready to go uh, postpone this vote with the GRC. Yeah, um, <laughs> they've been doing some crazy stuff, man. Like I said earlier in the show, I don't know if. She's she might be a lost cause. Uh, and then as the GRC and Carly activates something on her phone, pretty nifty app to just immediately yeah. recruit flag smashers. I want to know how that app hasn't been tracked by anything. Like, and they just showed up in New York when they're just like America's most wanted terrorists, essentially. Like they're just chilling yeah, in New York City. The Carly the Carly timeline bothers me a little bit because I'm nitpicking, which it's what everyone does that. And there's a couple things what Kyle said, I'm like, yeah, like the, she's like They the were just in day, Europe and now they're in New yeah, York City. She's the modern day IRA. Or, or like you know, <laughs> she's she's doing stuff, she's fighting for freedom, um, in her eyes. And I don't know. It just it bothers me slightly. That's all. I think it's part of like the rewrite, essentially, from the original like storyline of what the show was going to be. There was probably yeah. some lead into how she got to New York, but um, pretty interesting that she was able to just get into New York with no, uh, no like issue at all. 
Yeah, um, yeah. She's like literally the world's lead, like the biggest terror, like yeah. the biggest threat at this time. Like everyone knows her face. So as the GRC prepares to debate the highly controversial Patch Act, which would force relocations of millions back to their home states, uh, you know, as part of people coming back from the blip, uh, the Flag Smashers rally their supporters all across Europe. Um, a few supporters infiltrate the GRC building in New York City enabling a mass hacking that disrupts the debate and we get a hydra-esque one world one people instead of a hail hydra um and then before the assault torres passes a lead to wilson about the locations of flag smasher incidents wilson uh also gets informed that you know one of them's going down in new york city which is where i assume we're going to end up next week um for the finale and then dr strange question mark Sam opens a case, marveling at the sight of the gift from the Wakandans. And then we cut to the credits. And then in a mid-credit scene, we pick up where we left off in Avengers Endgame at the end, where we hear the hammer banging. Yeah. And it cuts to John Walker melting down his military decorations to wield a personalized replica of the shield. And uh, it just shows that John Walker could build that in a basement from a box of scraps. It was a callback to that. <laughs> um, it, no, it, it looked. It, I guarantee you, if we, if we could see him next week, which I think we, we totally will, will, because I think there was a a uh, promo video of him walking in the streets of New York with the new shield and just kind of doing his thing. Um, I think he'll look badass. Uh, I would not want to mess with him. And it's going to be interesting. I think we could get a surprise cameo because if he's going to, if he's going to end in New York, literally like every superhero ever is in goddamn New York. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to be a typical Marvel person and be like, oh, well, you know, Doctor. But we could see Doctor Strange. You could see Spider Man. You could see Luke Cage. You could see Daredevil. I'm not saying you're going to see any of them, mm-hmm. but there's still that. There's still, there's still a chance because like, I say Doctor Strange is the most likely because A, he's getting his own movie, and B, he's supposed to be aware of everything, and this is in his backyard. It literally could be like blocks from where his thing is, because I think his uh, where he's stationed is near is near a park, mm-hmm. which is Central Park. So just like it might, he might be in it. It might not. I don't know. I could be. That's I could be throwing shit at the wall <laughs> and hoping it sticks. Let's also not or... forget, Wanda was in Westview, not too far from New York, and Doctor Strange was just. Chilling. <laughs> yeah, that's. Well, I don't know. Well, home, him, him and Wong are just playing checkers or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know if you caught the end of the mid credit scene too. Walker just had red paint all over his hand, just kind of signifying that like he's ready to have blood on his hands. Yeah, he's ready to have blood on his hands, or he already has blood on his hands. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that uh, symbolization. So that takes us to speculation time. Going into the series finale next week, what do we even try to anticipate, expect to happen? It is going to be wild because we're going to get a showdown, essentially, of Sam, Bucky, Torres all together, Sharon Carter coming in, John Walker coming in, the Flag Smashers coming through, and potentially Zemo breaking out of the raft and the Thunderbolts coming through. I think Zemo breaking out would be at the end of the episode. That would be that, that could be a cliffhanger or an end credit scene, or it could be even just as simple as we don't see him at all, 
and the end credit scene is him talking to Thaddeus Ross. Yeah. That would be that would be, you know. Um I think that's more likely with him. I don't think we'll see him besides like a, that capacity. But you're right. We we're going to see two, three factions, maybe even four if Doctor Strange and his people are like, "Hello." Um we also have, don't know who the power broker is yet. Basically, we're going to get the scene from Anchorman 2 where they all just fight. <laughs> yes. Um no, yeah, exactly. I don't know the power broker is, and we might not know who it is. There's a good chance we might not see the person, or that could be another like end credit scene, mm-hmm. or towards the end of the kind thing. of a tease where like it we talked show, about like, it. We talked about called. it a couple weeks ago where we, you know, there's the rumors that, or not rumors, but like people theorizing that the power broker could be the Mandarin. Oh shit! From so, like, Sharon can't be in next week because she's like wants. She still wants it, right? Like if she, like how would she, she get? She might show up. She might have gotten that pardon. True. She might show up. Because I think there was pardon, a. Is she going to be air quote good again? Because she'll be grateful the same. It's going to be interesting the way. But she's that... got. She tried to get the man not killed, killed. the first time, <laughs> but the first time she plotted to steal somebody. Torres, right? No, it wasn't Torres. Who was? It was another soldier. I forget what his yeah. name was. He wasn't like too yeah. relevant. Any... Anywho, um. Do we think we see Torres with the wings on? Yes. I think we get, like, Torres' reveal as Falcon. I think that would be a pretty fast job fixing him. But then again, some time did lapse with Sam and Bucky and then Sam training. So it would make sense. And, you know, he Um, was, like, in the first episode, he, like, knew how to work on uh, Sam's little drone Falcon. Yes. He wanted to, so he clearly, he wanted to mess around. He knows how the tech works, at least. Uh, Torres is very intelligent. He's just, he's a super smart. He's always on his phone. Um, yeah, tablet. So yeah, I think we'll see him. I agree. I was going to agree with you. Um, we'll see. I think we'll see John again. I don't know if we'll see John intertangled with what they're doing. I think he might be doing his own thing. I think it's John's reveal as U.S. agent. I would like that because that's like um, what he's listed as on the IMDb you think page. He technically now? helps our protagonist then. I don't know if I he does because kind of got in that big old Civil War-esque fight with them. I think he's going to go rogue and like he's ready to be like Thunderbolts-esque John Walker. Or Dark Avengers, can, however they want to go that. about it. We're definitely getting some kind of fight and we might get a reveal of Power Broker. And I think we're right. We see Torres and hopefully we get to see Thaddeus Ross. We also know that homeboy in the flag smashers is not on board with carly's initiative yeah i'm hoping he branches out but i feel like if he branches out and sides against her that just means death for his character that's usually the kind of thing that happens with characters and movies and shows that you know second guess their which if that happens does that mean we get carly as flag smasher from the comics like does she kind of just abandon it as a team and that's her like villain name. I think so because I don't think she's gonna. I, if she becomes good, they're gonna get one hell of a string because I think she's done too much at this point, and she's willing to do too much. And when the episode ended, and um, the French guy what was his name. I'm blanking on his name. Batrock. When he said, "All I want to do is kill the Falcon," the Falcon, and she was like, "That's fine." And she didn't seem like she was egging him on. She generally seemed like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I don't care. Like, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I think Miss Carly is uh, off the deep end. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there is potential that we get the introduction of the Thunderbolts next week. I think there's potential we get the introduction of Carly becoming Flag Smasher and joining the Thunderbolts, in a sense. Um, We're hopefully going to find out what the hell is going on with Sharon Carter. Um, You know, plot twist to Sharon Carter join the Thunderbolts. Uh, mm, maybe I, I don't think we know once again Marvel's doing the thing where they're like breadcrumbs yeah. we know our fans are crazy and they're gonna go uh, yep this guy Joel Mazzola they're in New York he's gonna yell about Doctor Strange <laughs> 10 minutes does does it make sense for here's a fun Michael one that, to come in? yes I agree <laughs> no, okay. there it is uh, no but for Agatha Harkness to be in the Thunderbolts uh, I guess technically, like that could like if they end up doing say like a, a Thunderbolt series or like sort of show movie thing, wouldn't be shocked if we see them go to Westview and unlock her from being, you know, Agnes. Tell me why I used to unlock. I just thought of the song, the lyric release here, inhibition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, anyway, no, I. There's, there's a lot they can do. I, I think Marvel is like low key. <laughs> Get it? Low key <laughs> setting up to just become like have darker stuff. Um, this is one of the only reasons why I still pay attention to DC is because they are inherently darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's good to get. I think everyone. I think violence is bad, but sometimes you got to watch stuff that's a little. You know, you're like, whoa. I don't know. It's just it, it keeps your brain it keeps your brain guessing you know, so, but then sometimes you got to watch something that makes you think like Interstellar or Inception and, or you got to watch a puzzling movie like so my point is I think they're setting up for what you're saying and I think that TV show or movie maybe would obviously be inherently darker because it's filled of heroes, um, using the word hero loosely that are not really heroes mm-hmm. so. You know, like you can't make a you can't make a show about Agatha Harkness crossbones if he was alive and like yeah. Baron Zemo PG that wouldn't you know that wouldn't fly, right? Yeah, it has I, I to think be, there's it has a to have ton, some dark stuff. There's a ton of potential for what is going to come next week. I think, like we both said, there's going to be that big showdown battle, probably like four ways with Sam and Bucky and Falcon. I think uh, Carly might die. That's I wouldn't. Be surprised. I think she's most likely to die. I think it. I think it seems like. I think if they killed John Walker, that would be terrible character development on yeah. their part. Like really bad. Especially if um, like the Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers is ends up being seeming a like a route they're gonna go. It would be bad to lose your your Captain, Captain America. America. Um, Carly though, like she's important. Like that character, um, Carl. In the comics, yeah. If if they follow that route, when they change, it's, it's fine. It's relatively important, but ultimately that character is like not bad. Mm-hmm. They're just confused, um, but they get beaten and I think they die. So they could follow that. Um, I think she's the most likely character to die, though, because if Sharon is as intertwined as we think she is, it wouldn't make sense for her to die. Um, we only got a brief glimpse of. Uh, already blank on her name. 
Dreyfus's character. Yeah, Val. We have no idea who the power broker is. I mean, I guess the French guy could die too. Like he's not that big of a deal. I don't think Batroc dies because he is in the Thunderbolts. That's what I'm saying. So, so I, I think, think he he ends up sticking around likes. for a little bit. I mean, for all we know, John Walker can kill Carly. We also don't know exactly what they're going to do with Isaiah and Elijah Bradley. Yeah, they, that's just, I think that's just Marvel, <laughs> the breadcrumbs thing. I'm going to keep saying that until we die. They just gave us a bunch of storylines. Yeah. And they're like Thunderbolts. Which is very similar Thor-ish. to like what they did with WandaVision in the end. You know, it opened up the door for Captain Marvel 2, Secret Invasion, which yes. we didn't even mention. Val has a super big role in Secret Invasion. So like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is here to stay in the MCU. Agreed. I, I think this show did, did, did us even worse with potential storylines than WandaVision did. Yeah, WandaVision gave us, you know, Captain Marvel 2, Secret Invasion... Uh, it gave Doctor us Strange Doctor vibes. Strange, uh, and this it, one it gave us Young Avengers. Up, uh, this one gives us Young Avengers, you know, Dark Avengers Thunderbolts. It gives us Secret Invasion. <laughs> it gives us the Raft, which who knows what that's gonna do for us? Well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who's even? Uh, who's even? Who's Zemo. even there? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going with that. There could be other villains yet to be seen that are there. Yeah, which will be wild. Um, and the raft is old enough where it was alive before pre-blip, right? Yeah, that the raft is so, where Team Cap went after Civil War. Kyle, you ever think that some villains we might not have seen yet? The reason we haven't seen them is because they were arrested, died, and were re-blipped into prison? Mm. It's a great way to write villains in. But you get a guard in, in a scene could casually say, ah, sucks having you back. It was a good five years. Boom. New character. Easy as, easy as that. <laughs> also, this is totally tinfoil hat. We don't know where a certain somebody from WandaVision went. Oh, Could um, White Vision be at the raft doing some exploration? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's probably at the raft. The, the director. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hayward could be there. He did, he did enough crooked stuff to earn a spot at the raft. Oh, who could I he know. become? Oh, man. I love Marvel. <laughs> here, guys, here we go. Kyle and Dylan got the tinfoil hats. Oh, on. I love go. Marvel. We're going sideways. Uh, um, as we always do, Dylan, we try to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score and give our own score as well. Uh, so based on 17 reviews from the review aggregator, website rotten tomatoes the percentage approval rating and the average score based on a scale of right. one to ten. One to ten score i'm gonna say the average is 8.6 and i'm gonna say the percentage is 84 you were very close on the one to ten scale uh the reported approval rating is 100 percent. hey i like that and an average score of 8.2 out of 10 and I give my score. And I your like score. A, I give it like a nine. I liked it. It was good. It's good. Yeah. I'm at a I watched it twice and getting that second watch through, I definitely recommend it for this episode just because of how widespread there are in terms of storylines and just different pieces of information you pick up on. Uh yeah. I'm going to nine one on this episode. It was fantastic. I love the way that it's setting up for this big ultimate showdown in the series finale. Um, you know, the introduction of just Val in general and Julia Louis-Dreyfus to the MCU is amazing. 
yeah, dude, I'm very excited, and I'm sure we'll have a literal million things to say next week, and hopefully yeah. Harrison is here to join us. <laughs> and uh, Rotten Tomatoes consensus reads, with epic fight scenes and emotional moments galore, title Truth fully lives up to the show's potential while finally letting Sam grow into his. Totally agree. Um, next week's going to be absolutely bonkers, bananas, insane. We're probably going to see the the vibranium Captain America suit, which is what everybody is speculating is in the box. Um, I'm just, I'm so pumped for this. I'm just sad that it's the last episode. Yeah, but don't be sad because Loki's around the corner. Yeah, so before we uh, we wrap up, going to give everybody an update on things since next week is our last Marvel Monday until the month of June because there is no Marvel show coming out in May. We can do movies. I, I watched we, the Godzilla movie finally. We are doing a ton of things. I discussed it with Harrison uh, as well, but this is what's going to happen potentially moving forward here uh, on the podcast. We are going to implement midweek episodes where we kind of do a, a review of a movie or a show we may have watched, not as in-depth as a Marvel or Mando Monday, but you know, kind of review the show or movie, give our thoughts on it, give our scores like we typically do. Uh, but we're also going to discuss, you know, rumors and news throughout the, the yeah. TV movie realm and everything. Those episodes will probably drop on either Wednesdays or Thursdays. And then we're going to continue with Marvel Monday next week, obviously. And then, uh, you know, there's a ton of stuff coming out. We got the Bad Batch coming out on Disney Plus on May yes, 4th. Uh, the Mighty Ducks series is in full swing that I've been watching and it's incredible. Definitely recommend watching it. Harrison's been watching Invincible on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I need to watch um, that too. There's a whole bunch of shows and movies that are out there that we'll be breaking down and discussing either the on new, our um, midweek Mortal Kombat movie comes out. Mortal Kombat comes out this coming weekend. Um, you know, a ton of stuff. So, we're going to have midweek episodes where we kind of do like the the news and you know, breaking theories and rumors and all that kind of stuff, as well as reviewing and discussing a, a movie or show that we watch during the week. And then when it comes to the big series and stuff like that, like a Marvel series or uh, a Star Wars series, those will continue on Mondays. I'm, I'm with it. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Kind of just lets us get more content out there for you guys into the pop culture world. And, uh, there's a lot. That's why we started this podcast, and we, we didn't think it would get to where it is so quickly in terms of just the amount of content that we could consume, but it's here, and I'm excited. Um, so that's kind of going to be the, the path we take going forward. That's our storyline, if you will. And uh, as always, guys, make sure you're following us on the social medias, at StreamerSZN on Twitter and Instagram. Like I said last week, Get us to 55 star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, as well as 500 followers on Twitter, and we'll do a big time giveaway for you guys. Uh, you can follow Dylan on Twitter at Dylan Mazzola. Follow Harrison on Twitter at HarryGK83, and you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Check out the website UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com for all of our written content, and of course, like I said, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast did a dumb thing and purged a bunch of five-star ratings from everybody's podcast, and uh, we're still growing, so it kind of affects us in a negative way. So help us out. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Leave a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Just search Streamer Season. You'll be able to find us, 
and uh, let us know what you think is coming in the series finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What you want to, you know, have us, you know, if you leave a, a suggestion for something for us to review or talk about on an episode, we will most certainly do it. Uh, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. Check out all of our podcasts on the network from our main show, Underground Sports Philadelphia, the Outside the Box podcast, our flagship pro lacrosse podcast, the Get in the Hole podcast, our golf show, Fourth and Goal with Fantasy Football, and, uh, you know, everything we're doing, we're, we're pumping out the content. So, be a friend, tell a friend. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, the newly branded Odyssey app, formerly radio.com. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, we'll be back next week with the series finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier right here on the Streamer Season Podcast feed, part of our Marvel Monday series that we do with each and every Marvel show slash movie on the podcast. Yes, sir. For Dylan, KB, for Harrison, hopefully we'll be back. Hopefully, getting yeah. a Getting a vibranium collarbone put in. And uh, until next week, guys, we'll be on your left. <laughs>